Let's turn to Matthew 24. The outline is uh, continuing in, I think it was two, two weeks ago, was it last week, that we were last in Matthew? No, we did carols. Matthew 24. Matthew written to Jewish nation, basically. We're privileged to have a look in <laughs> and see what the Lord wrote to them. Um, Greeks, Roman, Mark, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, as you all written and directed toward a different group of people. John's written to the world, everyone, whosoever. And um, basically Matthew is directed toward the Jewish people, but we get a look in on all these things that are told to them and what's going on, what's happened, what was happening. And uh, These men didn't write it immediately. They wrote it decades after it happened. They had some years of ministry in local churches, some decades. And so they were writing with this experience as well as the revelation of God and the history that they'd lived through in this time of transition in the book of Acts and, and into the New Testament. <clears throat> who was the oldest disciple that died? The, who was the last one to die? John. John. Polycarp was his student. And it's good to read some of Polycarp's writings because he carried into that 100 year after, 100 AD plus, and see what he wrote and see what he said about these things and things that um, Paul said, things that John said in Revelation. He, he wrote about that. And praise God we have the record of that today and it gives us a point of what... See, he probably said, John, what does that mean? And Polycarp got the answer. <laughs> and because John got the revelation... These men, they, they wrote of what it was. And it's a good, you know, when we say go back to the church fathers, we have to be careful what church father you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about Augustine or Origen, I say, oh, no. But if you're talking about Polycarp and some of the other more faithful to the word that didn't try to make the word say what they wanted it to say, but let the word say what it was saying to them, they're the ones you need to listen to. And uh, it's easy to discern after reading a little bit of their writings what that be. But we're here in Matthew, and in the outline there, we're, we've noted in chapter 24 the attempted deception of the world by this evil person that's coming, this evil individual called the Antichrist, the abomination of desolation that he's going to set up there, the attempted destruction of Israel when they turn to the Lord as a nation and repent. The... <laughs> Any wonder Antichrist is so mad with them. <laughs> How dare you? You signed a treaty with me for seven years. Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 and 27 tells us. And in the middle of that seven years, he breaks his treaty because they get saved. <laughs> the Jewish nation realize who the Messiah is. And this guy is not the Antichrist. And so he is really mad with them and then... He's trying to hunt every Jew down and kill every Jew, especially over there in the Middle East and around the world if he could. And <clears throat> so we have this happening and we're looking in on it as the church of what's written in the book of Matthew to the Jewish people. These portions of scripture will be such a blessing. These 
these pages in Bibles in that time will be worn thin. You know how you buy, you look at your Bible, you close your Bible, look at it, and I can tell you where you've been reading. Because <laughs> it's all wrinkled pages and, and little things on the corners, you know, or, or just from turning it so often, it gets that way. And these pages, Daniel 9, Zechariah, Joel 2 and 3, Revelation 4 to 19 will be well well versed and read. These portions will be preached prominently, predominantly in the tribulation because it'll just be like a roadmap to them. What's next? As I've said that before, I'll say it again so that we understand where we're at. So <clears throat> we're looking at this outline here, Israel's saviour. And that goes to verse 31 and we considered to that point last time we were together. Um, the speed with which he will return, the slaughter that will accompany his return, the signs which will accompany his return. And the sound that will accompany his return is in verse 31. And we didn't really finish that one, but he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. <clears throat> they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the one end of heaven to the other, the saved Jews. He's talking to Jewish in context, in this portion, to the nation of Israel. And he'll send them and collect them from the four winds. And we noted in Isaiah how that he will bring them home. Back to their promised land. Now, this trumpet that the angels sound is the <laughs> angels sounding it. The other trumpet that will be sounded for the church is the trump of God. And some try to confuse the two or make them one, but they're different. And so that I just noted that before we move off from verse 31. Now, Israel's signs. There's some signs given to Israel, and we're looking in, okay? The church is looking into this, and we can see it. Now, learn a parable of the fig tree, which is <laughs> when its branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. I don't have a fig tree in our yard. There's a fig tree trying to grow in the back corner of the church on a neighbor's property. They cut it, they hacked it down, it's growing again. It won't give up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and they go on for thousands of years, the fig trees. Incredible. And just to see them, that they've still got life in them when they look as dead as a doornail. And then the leaves spring out, summer is near. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know, woo, well, we keep going, <laughs> know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. <laughs> but of the day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And so we see these things that we're going to look at tonight in the outline. <clears throat> the signs of Israel, for Israel. And, the, and we, can, we can pick up on them too. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless it to our hearts tonight. Thank you for the remembrance of and central theme of the whole scripture, the shedding of the blood of Christ for our salvation. Let's take us to new heights in your word tonight as we think and consider these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> the sign of the fig of Israel. In Judges chapter 9, don't turn there, verses 10 and 11, 
the fig tree. Now, you, you say, ah, oh, he's not letting us turn there because it's something different. <laughs> no, just believe me. The fig tree is used to symbolize Israel. It's used in Matthew 24, 32 to 36 to alert the church that the political rebirth of Israel is drawing the church age to a conclusion. Okay, we're looking in as a church. If this happens, church, it's drawing, summer is near. <clears throat> we're listening into God's conversation with Israel for the future. Um, the conclusion is about to happen. The fullness of the Gentiles is almost complete when this happens. You say, oh, fellas have been saying that for years. Yeah, I have. And one day with the Lord is a thousand years, so just keep on hoping. <laughs> it is in our lifetime. Wouldn't it be good to not have to go through death into eternal life, but through as Adolf calls us, rupture. <laughs> we call it catching away or rapture. <laughs> he used to call it that. <laughs> What's this rupture business? <laughs> It'll be a rupture for the church, I mean, for the world, won't it? <laughs> a terrible awakening that day. <clears throat> but it's to alert the church. In Genesis 6, the flood occurred because of the moral decay. And I've just been studying for some more points for a little bit later in another study about all the things that are happening, that happened in Noah's day, that happened in Lot's day. Do it yourself and see all the things that are happened in that day. Just go through all the scriptures and write them down. This happened, that happened, that happened. And you get, I thought, I'll do it on a little page. It'll fit in. <laughs> two full, well, two full-size pages, it just fitted in. One point, dot points after the other. And then say... If it's going to be like that, when the Lord comes, let's be aware of it. And they're all there. They're all happening. And so this is beside what we're looking at here tonight. Moral degradation of the then world is very similar to the way it is now. Now, <clears throat> we haven't had people coming bashing your door down like, or trying to bash your door down like in Lot's day yet. It could get to that point. It could get to that point in churches and in personal people's homes when they hear that we don't believe what their, their behavior is right and it's sinful. But this alerts, that is the fig tree budding, alerts the church of its soon coming departure. And let's turn to Second <clears throat> Peter chapter 3 and verses 3 to 9. 2 Peter 3. And verse 3 to 9. In the day of the flood, they said, oh, well, it's read of them, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? It's all continued as it is. Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. For this they are willingly ignorant. They choose to be ignorant of this fact. Pastors everywhere choose to be ignorant of this fact and keep their congregations in the dark. Uh, that uh, by the word of God the heavens revolved and, and, and then the flood happened. <laughs> and as it was then, 
so it will be now. There was one preacher of righteousness, and his name was Noah. But not many, well, no other. Well, sorry, Methuselah. <laughs> he probably preached it too. But he died the year the flood happened. Methuselah, and he lived the longest of any man. 969 years he lived. It shows God's grace. And <clears throat> But today they are willingly ignorant. As in that day. No, it won't happen. So just tying those things together. And the attitude is, well, no, won't happen. Won't happen. Don't know when it's happening. Uh, in the flood, it was 120 years. They knew when it was going to happen, what year it was going to happen. We haven't been given that privilege of what time the Lord's come, going to come. <clears throat> I've written down here, if you want to know what time it is on God's clock, what should you do? Look at Israel. Okay, <laughs> that's what I wrote down. <laughs> Look at Israel. Look at the nation of Israel. Then you'll know what time it is. That's what it's saying here, right in, in Matthew chapter 24. If you go to these verses, and we get to the thought there, the outline, a, compa a comparison. When will Christ's coming be more than imminent, if you could put it that way? When the fig tree puts forth its leaves, as it's there, the parable of a fig tree, when its branch is yet tender and putteth forth its leaves. Summer is near. And what had Christ done to a fig tree just two days ago in chapter 21 of Matthew? He'd cursed it and it shriveled up. The fig tree's budding is a sign we have arrived at the end times. Are we there yet? You know, I'm one of the kids in the back of the car now in a spiritual sense. Are we there yet? No, I'm going to keep asking until you give the right answer. Are we there yet? Why? Israel has budded. Israel has budded. And it budded 52, 62, 72, 70-something years ago. <laughs> Isn't the Lord gracious? He's allowed the world another 70 years. <laughs> From when the, church, the, the, the vine... Sorry, the fig tree has budded. Um, <clears throat> yes, we are there. I'm not saying any times. I'm not setting a time. It's been 70-something years since then. There are three trees that symbolize Israel. Let's look at the three trees. First of all, well, tree, vine. <laughs> There's the vine. And this represents the nation of Israel from nationhood till its rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When, and, and when was that? That's Old Testament. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 5, and verses 1 to 7. Isaiah 5, verses 1 to 7. Now, primarily, it won't be every case that it's, it's mainly, but not exclusively, used these words, vine, olive, and fig, of the nation of Israel at different times. So, the vine, Isaiah 5. I will sing unto my well-beloved a song of my beloved, touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it, gathered out the stones, and planted it with the choice vine. If you've been in Israel, yep, <laughs> gather out the stones. They're everywhere. And a choicest vine. He built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a winepress in it, 
and he looked for it to bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. Oh, and now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. Between who? The Father and the vineyard, who is Israel. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked for it to bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. It's like that grapevine that mum had, that it's just all leaves. It grew the best of all the grapevines, but it had no grapes on it. <laughs> and you'd walk past it and when you wanted grapes, and there was no grapes. It covered it. It was just a shady grape thing, you know. And that was what Israel was like. No fruit. It didn't, it wild grapes. And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. He's talking about Israel. I will take away its hedge, he'll, he'll pull a fence down, and it shall be eaten up. He'll let the wild animals eat it all up. <laughs> and break down its wall, and it shall be tr trodden down. That is what has happened to Israel since they rejected their Messiah. God opened it up and let them in. Let the animals in, the Gentiles. <laughs> uh, that's the way we can speak of ourselves, can't we? <laughs> and so you've got the vine. From nationhood, when God set it all up, he, 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 a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. Yeah, come in. Enjoy it. And they forgot their God. And so he threw them out. He let them be put out of the place. Now we're going to do the olive tree. So you've got the vine. And this speaks mainly, but not exclusively, of the future of the nation of Israel, even from this point. I said, mainly. Now, I would do them in the other order, but we're talking about the fig tree in Matthew 24. So we're going to leave it till last. So the vine and the fig and the olive is the order they really go in, in historical terms. But we're doing the olive next, which is in the future for Israel. From after Christ's return... And Israel's national repentance. We can go to Matthew, I mean, sorry, Romans chapter 11 for this. And you'll notice that it's exclusively used there in that portion of Romans 11 to talk about Israel, the olive, and the church. And I, I just colored them in. There's five references to olive in this portion of Scripture, Romans 11. 13, and I'll speak to you Gentiles in as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify, magnify mine office. If it, by any means I may provoke to emulations them who are my flesh. And let's, let's do something here. Let's, let me ask you some questions. Them who are Paul's flesh, who are they? The Jewish people. That I might save some of them, Jewish people. For if the casting away of them, who? Who's them? Jewish, Jews. Be the reconciling of the world. Who's the world? All the rest. What shall the receiving of them, Jews, be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, who's that? The Jews, them. The lump is also holy, the church. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off and thou being a wild olive. Now, 
if some of the branches, who are some of the branches? Jews. Be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive, Gentile, were grafted in among them the Jews, and with them the Jews partake of the root and fatness of the olive tree. We partake of the Old Testament and all the, the, the blessings of God to them and the types to them that represent the church. Boast not, Gentiles, or church, against the branches of the Jewish nation. If thou, the church, boast, thou, the church, bearest not the root, Israel, but the Israel, thee, the church. Just put it into the language that you understand. Thou wilt say then, the branches, Jews, were broken off that I, church might be grafted in well because of unbelief they the jews were broken off and thou the church standest by faith it's by faith through grace we get saved today be not high-minded but fear because if it happened to them it could happen to us for if god spared not the natural branches who are jewish nation take heed lest he spare not thee the church and that's what Revelation is about. He brings punishment down on Christendom. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. On them who fell severity, if, look, if you walk away from God, when you know God, what God, God's will is for you, you're in trouble. You, you, you suffer the severity of God. The judgment of God falls, just as it has on Israel for 2,000, well, two and a half thousand years. Severity. Um, <clears throat> severity but toward thee goodness praise God for his goodness to the Gentile it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance Romans 2 4 if thou continue in his goodness otherwise thou shalt be cut off thou the church shall be cut off and they also the Jews the Jewish nation they also if they abide not still in unbelief shall be what grafted in for God is able to graft them in if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, that's the church, wild olive tree, and were grafted contrary to nature in a good olive tree, you don't, go, you don't get an old wild olive and graft it into a good olive stock because it won't bear the olive you want. <laughs> the other way is the way to go. But it's against nature the way it's happened. <laughs> we as a church have been grafted into the rootstock of all the blessings that have come through Israel, particularly the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye be wise in your own conceits. And this is one of the mysteries we're looking at on Wednesday night. It's going to come up. That blindness in part is happened to Israel, to the nation of Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in, until the church be complete, is what he's saying then. Over in the book of Acts chapter 15, James is talking about what Simon Peter said in, in Acts chapter 15. And he said this in chapter 15 and verse 13 of Acts. And after they, have, they held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon <coughs> hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out a people for his name, the fullness of the Gentiles. And to this agree the words of the prophets. The Jews needed convincing that the church was the real deal. 
God was in this. And to this agree the words of the prophets, he said, as it is written, after this, after he has gathered a people for his name called the church, I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, which has been cut out of the wild olive, and I will build again its ruins and I will set it up. There's a promise to Israel. <laughs> They'll be rebuilt. Back to the book of Matthew, the olive tree, representing the future building of Israel as a nation after they repent. Um, <clears throat> now we go to the fig tree. So you've got the vine, Old Testament, representing Israel in the Old Testament. The olive tree, going to be rebuilt. They're going to be grafted back into their rootstock. Good move. Godly move. It's God's idea. And then you've got the fig tree. The only thing I've grown amongst these is the vine. I've not had an olive tree and not got a fig tree. Ask Andrew about olives. They go, they go picking olives over in Israel and harvest it for themselves to make their own olive stuff. When he comes, you can ask him about that. <clears throat> I've, I've rung him at times. He's been out in the olive orchard getting the, the leftovers. So there's plenty to, to, to pick. Have you, ever, have you ever gone to an olive tree and said, oh, this one's ripe, he's nice and red, or sort of <laughs> take it off and try and eat it? You say, oh, yuck, I don't like olives anymore. <laughs> really bad taste. <laughs> get, get it done. Fix it right. <laughs> Let the experts do it <laughs> to make it edible. Um, <clears throat> the fig. This speaks of Israel from their rejection of the Messiah to their accept, acceptance of Christ and uh, the time of the cursing of the fig tree when it's been cut out as an olive tree from its rootstock. So the fig tree speaking from their rejection to their accepting of Christ when they say they look upon him whom they have pierced and they'll mourn for him as one mourns for his only child. And as I mentioned before the cursing of the fig tree happened in Matthew 21, and Israel has been cursed, just as it was typically set forth in that the Lord cursing it. And the disciples said, they come back, was it the next day? And they marveled that it so soon shriveled up. And Israel shriveled up real quick when they rejected their Messiah, a symbolic act there. Verse 32, we're back in Matthew 24. I'll find it. Luke, Matthew. Learn a parable of a fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves. He's speaking now of the future when the fig tree uh, will, will bud. You know that summer is near. So likewise, when you see these things, know it is near even at the doors. Now if the fig tree, Israel, comes back to life from being fruitless and leafless for so many years with no fruit... Watch out. Look out. You know that something's going to happen. And what's going to happen? Well, let's go on in looking at this. And, and tell me, when did it start budding, really? Well, when Theodore Herzl founded Zionism, a secular state, not a spiritual state, you know that summer is near. 19, way back, 18, late 1800. And then when it was, got a nation, got a land, Voted on by the United Nations, your land, 
your place, 1948. That's when we could, if you can nail it down and put a, you, you can put a date in here because this has happened. <laughs> it's budded. 1948, they got their place against all odds. Against all odds, they've got it. And, the, and the, just that week, wasn't it? The, all the Arabs attack. <laughs> and, and with, you know what some smart Jews had done? They'd dug under caves and they'd armed themselves when the British were still ruling over them, which they weren't allowed to do, but they did. And they had a factory underground making munitions and guns for the day they'd become independent. Uh, Arabs didn't know this. <laughs> and when they attacked, they were they getting all these guns. It's like when the Jews had to go down to the Philistines to sharpen their swords, uh, to sharpen their plowshares, sorry, not their swords, but the Philistines would not sharpen any swords of the Jews because they knew if they did, they'd come and kill them with it. And, and so it was, even when Israel became a nation again and the fig tree budded. Um, <clears throat> the confirmation is seen in verse 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things. What things? What he just spoken about in Matthew 24. The Antichrist, uh, the Lord's coming. All of these things, this generation that sees these things happening will not pass away till they be fulfilled. So um, we're not going to see the Antichrist. We're not looking for the Antichrist. I, I hope you're not. We're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so there's a confirmation here. Shall not pass away. And in context, these things, wars, nations against nations, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, afflictions, betrayal, all stuff for the seven-year tribulation that will happen. The gospel will be preached in all the world by the 144,000, by the two witnesses, the abomination of desolations, great tribulations such as what was not. These things that he's spoken about will happen in that generation. This generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. So we can't start trying to say, oh, well, it's starting here. This is when it ends. That's for the future. That's when this happens. They will see and know it'll be for real. It'll be fulfilled. And one thing after another will be for the world. Um, if the media today, when, you, when there's not a major earthquake or a major war happening, they talk about little things. But as soon as something major happens, they're, they're like, like flies to a, a carcass, aren't they? And all got their cameras up and thousands of them gathered around something happening. And this day they will have plenty to report and there won't be enough reporters to, to, to try to cover all the details of everything that's going on. It'll be happening so quickly. Um, <clears throat> the Lord says in verse 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass Mark my word said God <laughs> this is what he just said mark my word this is going to be the way it happens so there's the confirmation and then there's the caution that we have in verse 36 but of the day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only so the Lord cautions us about setting dates the only one that knows is the father and it does say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 9, we are not in darkness that that day should overtake us as a thief. We are not in darkness. We've seen it tonight. If you see these things, know that summer is near. The fig tree has budded. It's ready to blossom. It, it, 
Ezekiel 36 and 37 have happened. And I read through it again this afternoon. And the bones come together. And the sinew comes on the bones. But there's no life in them. There's no spirit in them. They're over there thinking they're the nation. (laughs) But they're not the nation until they repent that God wants them to be. And then the spirit of life will come into them then. They'll say, it's complete. (laughs) They're born in a day. A nation turned to the Lord. Now... A studious, saved Jew in the tribulation could have a pretty good idea of where they are in that seven-year period. (laughs) They only have to read the word. And there's multitudes of books around that they could read to to clarify what's going on. Because they'll be able to say, yes, we signed as a nation a deal with the devil for seven years that day. In 1,260 days and the abomination around that time will be set up. The Antichrist tries to offer a pig and desolates the temple. And then things befall them. And they know that 1,260 days, you see, it'll be no secret for those that are in the know and know the Bible. But when all this begins, the caution is, don't set a date. Who has set dates and, and got egg on their face? Seventh-day Adventist, the Jehovah's Witnesses, Baptist, and everything from that point on of that person that sets a date is discredited because they've set a date, it come and went, and so don't believe a thing they say. <laughs> there was one in New Zealand, a Baptist that did it, and he set a date. They come and went, and then he ran off with his secretary. And that solved the problem, didn't it? <laughs> Now, it just showed us truly who he was. He wasn't a servant of the Lord. And so don't go saying, Pastor Jacob set a date. I'm just saying that Israel's budded. Summer is near. It's at the doors. The Lord's about to come. As Brother Brian said, we're on the pointy end. Didn't you this morning? We're on the pointy end of it all when it's about to be fulfilled. And that's why when the things of this world should grow strangely dim in the light of his glory, his coming, and his grace. But we keep on living our lives, discipline, orderly. We live our lives as though he weren't coming in our lifetime. I mean, we we live our lives as though he were coming in our lifetime. But don't get off focus. Don't get focused on the things of the world because they will be all done with. We, We use it but don't abuse it, that is the world. And um, I think we can be encouraged with this. First, this is for Israel. When this thing this happens, but we can look in and say, it's already started. But that tribulation hasn't started yet. And we can see that the Israel's back there. As I said to start with, how do we know what time it is on God's clock? Look at Israel. And you know what's going on. And uh, study the word yourself. Find out if these things be so. <laughs> we look at the sign of the flood for the world is the next one. We won't go there this evening. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the nation of Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And it only will have that when it recognizes the peace giver, the Lord Jesus. <laughs> 
O Lord, that you would wake hearts even before the time of Jacob's trouble and that they might be saved and all the efforts that have been put in to win Jews to yourself is so great and it seems very expensive in financial terms, but Lord, it will be worth it all when one day that nation who has been warned and warned and rewarned turns and what shall it be about life from the dead as your word has said lord let let the life of the lord jesus flow through us to others who are unsaved because the fullness of the gentiles has almost come in we're collecting the gleanings now in this age when very few are being saved but there are still some ripening and coming to know you by faith believe on the lord jesus trust in his blood shed blood for the remission of their sins may more be saved among the gentiles too thank you for the multitudes that are being saved in china that are turning to you our brothers and sisters in the lord who are suffering under the regime there and bless them and in other places in the islamic world where many are turning to you we thank you for that and your grace goes out to them and bless us, let us not fall aside and give up and quit and say the Lord's not coming, but believe he is, even at the doors. Bless in Jesus' name. Amen.